Hello and welcome to Gloucester Vineyard Church's weekly podcast. We are creating a community which brings hope and joy to Gloucestershire. My name's Daniel, I'm one of the pastors here and this Sunday I've got the privilege of speaking at our afternoon gathering. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to be unpacking chapters five and six of Luke and I'm also going to read them to you this week. Um, So I'm going to be reading along from the New Living Translation. So if you want to sit down and read along with me, that's where I'm going to be. Otherwise, sit back and relax and let's jump in into our section of Luke for this week. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. Now, in those days, um, you would always fish at night time because in the day it was too hot and so all of the fish would go deeper and deeper and you basically wouldn't catch a thing in the day, so you'd fish at night time. So fishing in the daytime is nuts. You just don't do it. Anyway, Jesus tells them to do that. Um, And so Simon says, If you say so, I'll let the nets down. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realised what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they'd caught. As... As were the others with him, his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. As soon as they had landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. And when the man saw Jesus, he bowed his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. He said, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. Let this be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But despite Jesus' instruction, the report of his power spread even faster and vast crowds came to hear him preach and were healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. One day when Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralysed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went onto the roof of the house and took off some tiles. And then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? 
Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And then Jesus turned to the paralysed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and come and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet in his house with Jesus as the guest of honour. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, look, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know they're sinners and need to repent. One day, some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Jesus responded, do wedding guests fast while, the cel- while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. And then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the old garment would be ruined, and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine in old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old wine is fine, they say. One Sabbath day, Jesus was walking through some grain fields. His disciples broke off heads of grain, rubbing off the husks in their hands and ate the grain. But some Pharisee says, oh, you're breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. And Jesus replied, haven't you read in the scriptures that David did what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests can eat. And he also gave some to his companions. And Jesus added, the son of man is Lord even over the Sabbath. On another Sabbath day, a man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to the man with a deformed hand, come and stand in front of everyone. So the man came forward. And then Jesus said to his critics, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or destroy it? He looked around at them one by one and then said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. At this, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage and began to discuss what to do with him. One day soon afterwards, Jesus went up to a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. And here are their names. Simon, whom he named Peter, Andrew, Peter's brother, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, 
Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called a zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. When they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area surrounded by many of his followers by the, uh, and by the crowds. There were people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and as far north as the seacoasts of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and, were, and to be healed of their diseases and those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed everyone. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. God blesses those who weep now, for in due time you will laugh. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man? When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets that same way. What sorrow awaits you who are rich, for you have your happiness now? What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now, for a time of awful hunger awaits you? What sorrow awaits you who laugh now, for your laughing will turn to mourning and sorrow? What sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds, for their ancestors also praised false prophets. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get any credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get any credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners lend to, the, lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Then Jesus gave the following illustration. Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a ditch? Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a whole great big log in your own? How can you even think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite! 
first get rid of the log in your own eye and then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Okay, that's us for this week. That's our two chapters. Some absolute stonking bits in there. I think that's just wonderful. I love that bit at the end about building your house on a solid foundation. I just think that's fabulous. And that's exactly what we're trying to do here. Building our lives building our lives on a solid foundation. Um, so we would love to invite you to join us this coming Sunday afternoon at 4pm at St John's Church on Northgate Street in Gloucester. All the details you need to find out when and where we meet are on our website www.gloucestervineyard.org.